Sisu means tenacity of purpose, bravery, and resilience, which is at the heart of Dr. J.L. Beasley's coaching business named Her Sisu. She created a journal of love to support survivors of abusive relationships, and you can find it on Amazon. To learn more, visit www.hersisu.com. That's H-E-R-S-I-S-U dot com. Welcome to season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready for an amazing act two? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get your new beginning started. I am so happy that you have joined me today, and I can hardly believe that I'm saying this, but today is the final episode of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Spicy Season 2. I know, what the hell, right? Like, that just went by so fast. I think it's because we've had so much delicious, out-of-the-box fun, but you know, I'm biased. What the hell? I have been saying that a lot to myself lately, like, what the hell am I really wanting now when it comes to my career or dating, or just, you know, in general, like what the hell am I really wanting now with my life almost four years after my divorce? How about you? Are your what the hell moments kind of piling on up over there too? I want to know. Maybe, you know, actually maybe you're not even divorced yet. Maybe you're thinking, how the hell did I lose myself in this marriage? Or maybe you've caught your spouse cheating and you're thinking, what the hell am I going to do now? One of my guests can speak about that today. Or perhaps you're actually going through a divorce and every day is just, what the hell is happening? Because it sure was that way for me. So no judgment at all. Well, my guests, the ex-experts, T.H. Irwin and Jessica Klingbaum, well, they get it too because they have lived it. What's so interesting and what's so beautiful is that T.H. and Jessica are best friends who actually got divorced at the same time. I know. That's pretty incredible. And because they were such a support to each other, they were such each other's rock during that time in their lives that they have decided to pay it forward and they are now providing resources through their podcast, Divorced, etc., through their newsletter, through their website to help guide you through your own divorce. I know, so inspiring. And what I especially love about these women is that they are just no nonsense. They just tell it like it is and they cut to the chase and they keep it real, which, you know, that's my style too. So we are going to have the spiciest conversation today. I want you to grab a tasty beverage, put on your comfy pants, or turn up the volume on your drive to wherever you're going this Memorial Day weekend and hang out with us as we so boldly and playfully discuss our what the hell am I doing now moments after divorce. Now, let's start this candid conversation off with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. Well, I am so excited to turn up the heat with two spicy divorced ladies today. They are the ex-experts. Jessica and TH, all the way from Jersey and New York City. You're both looking very spicy over there. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yes. Feeling good. Feeling yes. spicy. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for your burning questions? They've been tailored just for you. And since there's two of you, you're both going to answer the questions. So we'll have TH always answer first and then Jessica follows. Okay, here we go. Great. As best friends, do you ever share clothes? Yes. Do you have the same type, meaning do you like the same type of guy? No, 
I agree. No. <laughs> Besides divorce, what else are you experts of? Fitness. Oh God. Essential oils. Who's more outgoing? I think it's a tie. I agree. I think we're both very outgoing. What makes living on the East Coast so yummy and fun? I love the seasons. I love living in New York City. I, I get totally like rejuvenated from being in the concrete jungle. Is there a topic the two of you just won't talk about? Politics. <laughs> I'll talk about anything. Yeah. <laughs> What's your most valuable possession? My kids. Are they a possession? If you think so, sure. I, I probably have to say, if it's not going to be kids, uh, I'd probably have to say some pieces of jewelry, my watch and my earrings. Yeah, that would be me too if it's a thing. Which have you found most humbling, dating or parenting? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I, dating. Yeah, I'm not sure. You think dating, Jessica? I do. Okay. What have you learned about the other on the other side of divorce that surprised you? I'm not really surprised by Jessica. <laughs> I think what's what I learned that I was surprised about was really kind of just uh, more of the details of what was going on in TH's marriage beforehand. Being as close as we were and not knowing a lot of those intricacies surprised me, but, but nothing about TH and her personality surprises me. And I'm not surprised by the strength that she had coming out of all of that. When was the last time you said to yourself, what the hell am I doing? Three days ago. Yesterday. <laughs> okay, I want to know. Jessica, yesterday, what was going on? I recently moved into my apartment in New York City, and I was like just still kind of going through some of the boxes and trying to get stuff cleaned up. And I like felt like I'd finally gotten to a good point. The kids' rooms were kind of looking okay. They, their rooms have the most boxes still in them. And they came home, and they were in the apartment for like a half an hour, and they had gone out to go see friends, mutual friends. And I walked into their rooms, and their rooms were like complete hurricanes. How and old I are was your kids? like. Oh, no, they're teenagers. My daughter's going to okay. be 16 in a couple of weeks and my son is 18 and going to be going to college. And I was, and I literally was like, what the hell am I doing? Like I just spent <laughs> almost a year re gut renovating this apartment to get it all ready for them to have this like beautiful home for them. And they come in and like, leave it looking like shit after 30 minutes. I just, that was my quick, what the hell moment yesterday. And UTH three days ago, what was yours? My ex doesn't pay on time. Okay. And I think it's specifically because it puts me in a position that I have to text him, which I don't do anymore. I email him. So it's on record that he missed a payment and how many times I've asked him, set a reminder. I'm not your secretary. I'm not your assistant, but what the hell I'm still reminding him because I'm not going to go hire an attorney right. so to figure this out. How long have you but been meanwhile, divorced? Meanwhile, like, what the divorced? hell? Divorced, separated 14 years. And he still miss what? He's a control freak. <laughs> yeah. Any way he can. Yeah. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell about him? Wow. Oh. That's, a, that's another <laughs> how, how podcast. How much time do you have? That's another <laughs> podcast. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation with two lovely ladies who have been through this journey, like me, like the listener, because we are always having these what the hell am I doing moments, not just around the X, but the everyday, right, Jessica? I know lately 100%. I've been having a what the hell am I doing moment with my power drill, ladies. I'm like, okay, come on now, Sadie, <laughs> you can use a power drill. I don't know. How about you with the, like the home home repairs? Do you have those moments? 
I recently, I'm pretty good. Well, I, I wouldn't say I do home repairs. So when I come, like I just ordered a laundry cart for my building and I had to assemble parts of it. Like I'm a master at that kind of stuff. Like Ikea furniture, like things that I have to assemble, I can totally oh, do. But TH, I bow to you. Ikea furniture. No, no, no. Jessica TH, is a good reader. She's a journalism major. So she's a very good reader. I do not read directions. I'm like, yes. all right, it looks like this goes here and this goes there. And then I got to flip it all around because it did it all wrong. Yeah, my special I can do skills. the logical part of that. But TH can actually do some home repairs because her boyfriend is a contractor. And so she actually can get some shit done around the house. So I actually have a really positive what the hell. What's that? That I am with this guy and I help knock down the house I live in, like the home that it was here before we built it. I was in the machine crushing the roof of the garage. That was like an epic moment for me. That, that was totally empowering. awesome. Good for you. Oh, yeah. So awesome. when you first got divorced, TH, you said 14 years ago? I separated 14 years. Okay. It took four years for divorce. Oh my goodness. I'm sure you had a lot of what the hell am I doing moments during that period for yourself. It was more like, what the hell was I doing? I know what I'm doing now, but what was I thinking then? <laughs> Talk more about that. What does that mean to you? It was, That was honestly humbling. That was probably the most humbling experience of my life was realizing, realizing so much like th- this is not healthy you deserve more. You can do more. Your gut is telling you to run for the hills. Why are you running? Why are you going? Why are you staying? Why are you existing? Where is TH? She's not in the room for like years. Where did she go? And thank God she came right back. Um, But really, I was in a horrible marriage. And as Jessica and I grow our content on X experts, I honestly discover more and more about myself. So the humbling thing is discovering more about who that person was. I really don't have an explanation for why. I just know that it happened and it was a slow burn. And the day that we separated was my day of freedom. It was one of the greatest days of my life. Maybe the single greatest day. My kids are awesome and I love them, but this is like my freedom to like be who I am. And that was probably the greatest day. So I had a ton of what the hells afterwards because I was in denial. I was just shutting down. If I can't hear it, then it didn't happen. And I can just continue to be a robot and get through my day, make sure the kids are all good. When you were married or when you were separated? When I was married, I was a robot. When I was separated, I was like the, you know, elephant on my back was gone. You know, the thing around my neck was gone. Like I literally broke out of my shell. So do you feel like for you after divorce, like that new chapter has given you maybe some what the hell am I doing moments, but there's a different energy around that because of how you feel about yourself. I I appreciate myself. I know that I deserve good things. I should be respected. The person in that marriage didn't deserve respect, deserved, you know, bad language, deserved to be, you know, felt like I was just inferior and I had to be fixed. I don't think that you deserved those things. That's what I felt. That's That's what you felt in my marriage was that was, that was what I was deserving because I was, I was taking it now on the other side, I'm never taking that again. Right. Sometimes people say, you know, I could take a good punch. I could take a good hit. I took enough freaking hits. 
I am never taking a hit again. I am never, ever, ever going to do that. So the only, there are a few good things that came out of coming out of this marriage. But for me as a person, I know who I am and I know what I do not want in my life again. And I won't have it. I just won't. That's very powerful. And for you, Jessica, with your divorce, now with your I know you've been Which one? divorced twice. I know. We'll get to that. But your your first divorce was that out of choice for you? Well, yes, at the like at the at the very end. But I mean, it was imp- the impetus was that he had been having an affair that had kind of like I think clouded things over the end of the marriage. But I was totally not ready to really like face it or acknowledge it or do anything about it. So at the at the point at which I actually was confronted about it, I was out. That was it. It was it was my choice. I don't think he ever thought that, I don't know. I don't think he thought that I'd find out. And I definitely don't think he thought that I'd leave. So my choice in that regard, but I mean, I was kind of forced out. Like my husband was having an affair, so I wasn't going to stay. And once you learn that information and you made that choice, then I mean, I can imagine having, well, what the hell am I going to do? I know I'm not going to stay here, but what the hell am I going to do now? You must have had some of those moments after that. I, I had a lot of those moments. I mean, initially, I mean, I remember, I mean, it's obviously all, it's all fairly vivid, but like that we, I had found out on like a Thursday night and that Friday, we were supposed to go away out of town for the weekend with our kids and with another family. And I basically said to him, I'm not going, you can go and you can take the kids. And I spent the entire weekend, like 48 hours crying in bed not knowing what I was going to do in the sense of like, I was 36 at that point. And we'd been together since I had been 18. So we had been together half of my life. So I really was like, I don't know who I am if I'm not part of Jessica and Darren. Who am I? I had my own career. I had my own professional identity, but I felt like my whole life since I had been a teenager was kind of tied up in him. So I had a lot of those, what the hell am I going to do? But it was like, I knew what I was going to do. It was more like the despair and being so distraught over this is so not ever how I thought my life was going to go. And like, I can't believe this is happening to me kind of a thing. And I think a lot of people who go through divorce, I know I, I like you, TH, I was ready to be done. Hallelujah. That chapter's over. Act two is starting. Where's my new look? Where's my sexy outfit? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, right. I, right. But still, even then for me, I'm, I still have had those moments. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm a freelance photographer. I'm like, am I really going to be doing this till I'm 70 years old? Like, what the hell am I going to do? This is all I've ever done since my, you know, 20s. Like, I'm going to have to learn a new skill. Do I have the brain capacity at age 49 to learn a new skill? I'm trying, by the way. It's been very humbling. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we all, even if we chose our divorce and we did not, you know, initially choose a divorce, we still have had these humbling, what the hell am I doing moments. And I think for yeah. me, it just helps to talk about it with, with other people who've gone through the experience. For sure. Because just because you decide you're going to, you know, be the one who gets divorced doesn't mean that that is just a walk through the park, through Central Park, which, you know, I'm very fond of, Jessica. No, yeah. Right. And so I, I think we need to normalize that. Yeah. Even though I'm the one who chose this, it isn't really ultimately what I quote, wanted for my life. I never no. signed up to get married just, you know, to get divorced no. 14 years later and have to no. figure a bunch of shit out. And so I think, you know, what I want to talk about today with you and with the listener is how, you know, it's okay to talk about these moments. It's okay to not know what you're doing every minute after your divorce. 
you might feel like TH and be like, I'm just going to crush it. Or you might be feeling like Jessica and be like, I don't, I, I know I need to go, but oh my God, where's the I ice think cream, that- you know, and, and all of that's okay. And I think we just, I love these conversations because it's real life. I mean, this is all real life. Yeah. I think that, that there are for sure situations of people getting divorced where for whatever reason, it's something that they've kind of like thought about and planned out over the course of time. And so then, then by the time it really happens, it's maybe not as jarring, which is a little bit more similar to my situation with my second divorce. Not that I was like covertly, deceitly, you know, planning in like a negative way, but I mean, it was clear to me that it really wasn't working and that we were headed towards divorce. And so, you know, that was like, not as kind of something thrown in my face at the last minute. But I do think that what you said is true. Like, it doesn't matter if you choose to be divorced or not, like it's still painful. I mean, this is someone you loved at one point enough to walk down the aisle with them and commit yourself to that. So it's sad regardless. It's, I don't think it's ever easy. I just think it over time, as we look back, same with childbirth, you kind of forget some of the harder bits and you kind of are like, that's why you're willing to do it again. I'm not willing to do it again. That's why you're willing to have kids again. I'm not willing to do it again. Right. Go through a divorce or get married? Uh, Have kids again. Oh, Oh, have kids again. Okay. I got lost there for a minute, but it was a good analogy, Jessica. It was a good analogy. So talking about kids, have you had some what the hell am I doing moments as as a single mom in a house without another adult helping you parent? I I talk about single mom moments a lot. Share one. I want to hear it. Well, Jessica has actually... A very um <laughs> no it's not a happy story but it's no it's not it's like Wait, it's you pretty about- extreme and it and it's you should hear it okay. so but I but I kind of have two that are sort of in the same realm but and they but to me I feel like a lot of my single mom moments that are the most like what the hell like painful single mom moments are things that ha- that have to deal with health stuff there was a time when I was recently separated. We don't think we were officially divorced yet. And my kids were little, they were two and four. And I was home alone on a Sunday night with my kids sitting about three or four feet away from my daughter who was playing on the floor. And we were in a rental apartment that had been partially furnished. And there was this big side table that was right there. And like, it was one of those things, it wasn't attached to the wall, wasn't my furniture. It came crashing down onto my daughter who was screaming and the table was so heavy. I could not lift it up and it was laying on her. And so, you know, when those kind of moments, right, the adrenaline kicks in and you're like superhuman. And somehow I lifted the table up. I'm like yelling to my son to grab. It was like 20 minutes to dinner time. So like neither of them were bathed, neither of them had eaten anything. And now I'm like, I got to go to the emergency room. So you know, like threw snacks in my bag and I, and I run over to the hospital and I have both kids and it's like six 30 on a Sunday night. Like I got to go to work tomorrow. And it was just a horrible, overwhelming. I tried calling my ex who I had forgotten was like out of town, wasn't answering the phone. Like I was really alone, right. like alone. Right. And I didn't know what to do. And so that was really scary. And for, and I just really, I mean, she wasn't injured on the outside, but I was really afraid there was like some kind of internal bleeding or something. Her body was so small and this like, you know, 50 pound table had fallen on her. But another one of my single mom moments, like what my, what the hell moments was when I was at my last job and cause I worked in TV for over 20 years and I was running live news shows and I was in a control room and I got a call from my nanny that my daughter had fallen off the monkey bars, the jungle gym at the playground and, br- and broke her arm. 
Oh. And I was live on the air and I was like, you got to call Darren. And I had to finish the show. And, and I remember like, that was one of the major impetuses of, for me, like leaving that line of work and changing careers. Cause I was like, literally what the hell am I doing? As I don't know if it had been different if I had been married, because maybe it just, you know, we would have been a partnership and it would have been more cohesive. And the fact that I wasn't available and he was, he was available, turns out, and it was all fine. But like, I don't know that I would have felt the same way had I been in a ma- in a in a marriage, like a solid marriage versus being the single mom and feeling like this is not the life that I can be leading now. I can't, I, I have like, I literally had to choose my job over my kid. It just was a bad situation. And that that seems like a really it seems like a really universal experience where when you're divorced, you don't have that luxury of a second of a partner to help you out, a second set of hands. Right. You are more on your own, but we do have our best friends. Like the two of you are best friends. And I want to talk about, we're going to kind of skip around a little bit, but I want to talk about the importance of having community. And, you know, I think sometimes I know I'm, I'm very independent and my independence has caused me to have a lot more suffering because I'll keep things with, you know, I'll hold them in, I'll bottle them up and then I'll just, you know, erupt in emotion. And so I've learned since my divorce that, yeah, I can be really busy and, you know, time time is of the essence, but I have to make time for connection. You know, especially when I'm having a what the hell am I doing moment, I need to connect with a girlfriend who's also been divorced or with, with a family member or just have some levity with friends. So I, I think it's so important to talk about today with you and with the listener how, yeah, even though we have a lot going on in our individual lives and we're all really busy, we still to help counteract some of this intensity of life after divorce, being a single mom, a single dad, we need each other. I'd love to you to talk a little bit about how you've helped each other out more and your amazing story. I would say a hundred percent that we've been there for each other, but I would say for anybody going through any difficult time, therapy is what helped me, helped me realize that I need friends, Help me realize that I need to work on X, Y, and Z. So I don't fall into bad patterns again, work on this. So the triggers don't hurt me the same way anymore. So support, I have a very close family, but they hated my ex. So that wasn't really helpful for me. Yeah. You didn't need to hear and, about their hate. Um, <laughs> that doesn't help. Right. And, and you know there. what? I've been there. He kind of deserved to be hated. I mean, talk about what the hell, the extent. So, you know, I was thrilled to be divorced and as much as I wanted to run, and I'm sure, you know, Sadie being in the same position, I've got, I got three kids under eight who don't want to leave and they want their dad. Absolutely. And, um, so that is hard to balance. How do you take care of me and like be cheering? And then my daughter's having anxiety attacks and can't go to sleep at night. As far as single mom moments though, like Jessica and I definitely have been we like, we almost kind of planned like the first year we're celebrating our first new year's Eve together. We are getting together on the weekends, at least one day with the kids play date. I'm not even sure if we had our own dinner, but we were together like from 10 till eight o'clock at night. Like we were in for the day. And unless we had something else going on, we were together with our kids and I live close enough to New York city. And I so enjoy being in New York city that I was happy And Jessica loved coming out here and going to the pool. And so 
we just holidays every right holidays mother's day we celebrate together jewish holidays together when we're not at our parents jessica will come to me Mm-hmm. And so we had each other covered all the time. And that was a really big thing because, and we've talked about it before in podcasts, you know, people don't know what to do. It's like, Sadie, open invitation. You're always welcome to the house. Okay. Well, but now it's Thanksgiving. Do I call you at Thanksgiving oh, or sure. do I just show up at the door? Are you going to say, you know what, please remember, you can always come to my house. It's Thanksgiving. Please come to my house. If someone says you have an open invitation, I would be like, I'm never going to their house. Like I'm I'm never showing up at their house. So you need your girl gang close so they can stay up to date with you on how are you feeling today? How's it going? I had a shitty week. I had a great week. Celebrate your victories. Just be good listeners. And I have definitely focused on the best people to surround me with. I mean, family's family, but- I got rid of all the toxic people in my life. Got and to. You have to. You, you have, have so to. Energy. And also, to. don't people come to you with all their problems? I have, a, I have a girl I've known for a very long time. She keeps coming to me with stuff. And there's always something. And I cannot help her because she's crossed the line of how much I can actually give without getting anything. Right. I, I can't be in a relationship mm. and give 500% and get zero and angst on top. Like I can't. So as you separate and start to discover yourself, I, again, encourage a therapist, totally objective point of view. We'll see your strengths that other people may not point out. We'll see your weaknesses that other people might be afraid to tell you about. And then just definitely safeguard your plans, make plans for yourself and your Mm -hmm. kids so that you know, you're going to be good. Yeah. I I always have to be proactive about it. You do. It's your life. No one's serving your life up on a platter for you except yourself. Like for the stuff with the holidays, like fortunately we we do have family. I mean, obviously there are a lot of people out there who go through divorce who don't have other family around them. They don't even have that as an option. And I would say like the health stuff and the holiday stuff, for me personally, those are the hardest times I have being divorced. Like if I haven't made a plan for a specific holiday, it's like TH said, like people are like, oh, you know, you can always come, but like I'm, I have a real problem. I have, I have trouble and I struggle with asking for help and asking for things. So if someone doesn't call me up and say, would you like to come? I'm not going to do that. And then I'm going to sit home and then I'm going to be lonely and sad and mope and like feel sorry for myself. So for everybody out there who does that, you guys, like we all get it because we've all been there, but you do have to try to start making some calls a few weeks before and ask what other people are doing and find out if you can celebrate with other people, because at the end of the day, you're going to then be alone and be feeling blue over it. And I think a lot of people would love to have you over Jessica, if you live closer, I would always be calling you up. Same with you, TH. But I, I think, again, people are so wrapped up in their lives. They're not trying they to are. blow you off or ignore you or whatever. They're no. just wrapped up in their own life. And that's right. They would love it's to have hard. you over. I think it's really good practice to say, hey, I re- would really love this. Can we do this? I need this. I've been doing that more, not just in dating, but in my friendships of 20 plus you years. You have to ask. And, and you I have, have really. Yeah, it's been really beneficial to have those those heart to hearts with friends that I've really never said, "Hey, I need a little bit more in this relationship." Right. To assume that people are going to know yes. is is really just a bad self fulfilling doomsday 
<laughs> situation for yourself. People do not read your mind. They do not know. But I promise you, if you ask someone who you rely on, they will invite you with open arms. Did you know the act of writing allows an individual to release emotions, reflect, and ultimately heal? Dr. J.L. Beasley created a journal of love to support survivors of abusive relationships. Her coaching business is named Her Sisu. Sisu is a Finnish word meaning stoic determination, tenacity of purpose, grit, bravery, and resilience, which is at the heart of Dr. Beasley's work. A Journal of Love is available on Amazon.com. If you want support on your healing journey, visit www.hersisu.com. That's H-E-R-S-I-S-U.com. I have to ask, how many times since your divorce, when it comes to dating, have you said, what the hell am I doing? Oh Once, maybe twice. It's only been twice <laughs> Just for in me. the last two weeks. <laughs> How many times have you oh, said it? Oh, the last two weeks. I'm saying it Juicy. for Jessica when she tells me a quarter of the stories. Listen, I will say I, I wasn't I wasn't doing a lot of what the hell am I doing after my first divorce, to be honest, because I inadvertently met someone. I didn't, I wasn't ready in the beginning. Like I needed some, a few months to get back on track for myself. And then I inadvertently met someone and ended up being a five-year relationship. But um, after my second marriage, I really felt like I had been sort of caged in for a while and I was ready to get out there. And you were not married to that guy that you were in the relationship the with. Just no, the five, right. The five-year relationship was, was not a marriage. And my second marriage was actually a short marriage and much shorter than I would have ever expected. So it was a little bit easier for me to get back out there pretty quickly because I just think foundationally, we hadn't had the long history that I'd had in my first marriage. And I was out like I on a tear, on a tear, on a tear, which is really not. Jessica, I think you're my sister from another mister. (laughs) I don't know who I was. I don't know who I was. I think we all do that. Oh, I think that's just part of the journey. Everybody's doing it. And invention of self. I want judge. If they're not admitting it, they're lying. Oh, yeah. Or they want it. I won't judge it too much. I say have the breezy fun after the I definitely had my share of what the hell moments for the first, I would say, six months out of that marriage. Like literally, and I remember saying, like, I would literally have a conversation with Teach be like, who the hell am I? But wasn't it kind of fun to have that conversation? I was having a great time. See, that's the yeah, there you go. I was having a great time. And then and then I I, I, I uh, found myself in a, in a meaningful um, relationship that lasted a number of months. And I felt like after that, I was able to kind of take a breath and I was ready then to like now be in a relationship, you know, in a committed relationship. Like I'm not, I'm not on a tear anymore. I think I've had my my moments, my ups and downs with regards to like how many people am I dating at once just because of online dating and the way that and it works And because you out. live in New York City. And I live Girl, in New York City. if I lived City. in New York City, come on, no. I yeah. mean, come on. There's what, how but, many millions of people in the city? It's different realities. Well, but, you know, but it's also like you'd be, I feel like it's not as easy, I think, as people think. No, it's I don't think be. it's easy, but you have the numbers on your side. I, have I don't think on my dating side. is and easy anywhere, but you yes. at least have the numbers on your side. TH and, is and nodding, I will say, so. I think objectively, I am far more open-minded when it comes to dating than a lot of people that I know, because I, uh, I don't heavily weigh looks in the beginning. 
um, not whatever. Like I, I definitely feel like I, I've dated attractive guys, but I feel like I am totally open to go out on dates with people that I'm like, not sure whether or not I think that they're all that cute because for me, personality is so much more important. And I know a lot of women who are single, who are like, I'm not going out with him. If he's not at least, you know, this height, he has to have this color hair. He has to have this color eyes. You know, he has to be this type, this body type. I, I don't do that. So I have had times where I'm literally out every night for like, you know, weeks on end because I wanted to be out because I hated the apartment I was living in. And I wanted like just the opportunity to be able to be out and meet new people because it I'm an extrovert and it does cheer me up to like be out and not be home moping. But don't you think you weren't thinking that way when you first started online dating, you were totally over filtering like I was totally. It's only because you know better now. Uh, I don't think I was over filtering because there had been people I dated in the past who, when I first met them, right. I wasn't really that attracted to. So I don't think I was over filtering. I think I was doing reasonable filtering, but I, there are a couple of very small, I think minor things that I may even be more open to now. However, I think I've always been very open-minded, like aesthetically. And I think that that has helped me with the numbers game because I, I'm willing to go on a date with almost anyone. TH, for you, what the hell am um, I doing in dating? So I I definitely waited like six months after separation, even though I was deprived of sex, intimacy, love, compassion, everything. If you just said I was pretty, that, that like satisfied my need at the moment. Um, because there was so much with my kids and where we were living and, and like, what is happening with divorce? I mean, I was going down a really long road. So once I got settled, I was actually set up with someone, but I learned a really difficult lesson to not get caught up in other people's stuff. And I, I actually specifically told the person, don't put me in somebody else's problems. Anyway, he had his own agenda it was a disaster. And then I dated other guys, whatever. I, I, I was really needy. Sure. And I didn't realize how needy I was until I saw what I was still like willing to, to accept. Up with. Yes. Oh, that's right. So, true. so that's now you're like, what the hell am I doing? Well, an, a what the hell moment was this guy, we were going to walk across the street, grab my hand and I pulled my hand away. I can cross the street by myself. I don't need you to hold my hand. And then that like, was a big light bulb for me. Like, holy crap, you, you like, you got a lot of work to do. Right. Like a lot. And then I met this guy online dating. He was flirting. He was cute. It was all this stuff. I loved his eyes. He was in Connecticut. I could like be on vacation every weekend and every other weekend and Wednesday night. Anyway, he was he, all about sex. Like I learned so much from him. I was like, I don't care if you don't want to socialize with other people. I'm good. This is like a good boot camp for me because I was with a man since I was 23 years old and we had sex to have kids. Like there was nothing exciting. There wasn't any, there was nothing to be honest, but I got three kids. So, but there was no pleasure around it. Like this relationship was all pleasure. And then it bothered me that he was antisocial and had all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, I, I got what I got. You got to go. What the hell now is like in the Best. Okay. So then I was in a six year relationship. Seems like on paper, tall, handsome, in finance, two kids, lives in the next town, like on paper looks great. Was so needy. It was like having another child. It was like having three children in one person, actually. And I was still on a schedule with my kids. So it was six years, but 
it was only every other weekend and not even that. Like I made plans with my friends and I, whatever, but he was, he was there. But what the hell was, what the hell, six years? Why did I carry him around? Why am I carrying more dead weight? And what the hell was, I went to people to fix myself. Why, why am I not sex anymore? Like what's wrong with me? You got to fix me. Check my levels. Give me vitamins. And then she said, are you attracted to him? I was like, uh, no. (laughs) That sums it up. That's a huge layer. But that's a huge question that nobody even asked me. I certainly didn't think to ask myself. So once I shed all that, I've learned all of my lessons. I met the man that I'm with on Hinge, was on a tear, because then again, I hadn't had sex again for who knows how long. (laughs) And, but I didn't have sex with any of those guys, but I just was like, I, I was like starving for something. And then I got caught up with a guy I never even met. I'm like, what am I doing? Stop. And, and uh, the man who I'm with now was like one of the guys that I was talking to. So we had, we're supposed to have a drink. I'm like, I'm too busy. I'm shutting it all down. So he sees friends of mine. He happens to live a mile from me for 30 years. Never met him. He sees friends of mine. They're like, oh, you were supposed to go out. He's like, yeah, she's too busy. She's like, yeah, TH gets busy. Then we ran into each other at the vet and we've been together for three and a half years. We just built a home together. He is the man of my dreams that didn't satisfy any of the filters that I put on my dating apps. Ooh, that away listener. I love that. So you ladies have been observing each other in in love, out of love, in love, out of love. So Jessica, when you were going through your second divorce, I would love to hear what were your what the hell am I doing moments, but it sounds like you knew what you were doing now that I've been listening a little bit more, but maybe TH, you were watching her and be like, what are you doing getting divorced again? Did you have any of that during that time? I I don't think I had any what the hell am I doing? Well, I'm, I'm sure I did to some extent, like what the hell am I doing? I can't believe this is where I am in my life that I'm getting divorced again and like that my kids are going to watch this happen again. But I think it was more in that relationship as the, as the realizations were coming to me that like, we were so incompatible. It was more like, what the hell? How did I get here? Sure. I still remember like the very beginning stages when we first met. And I was like, he completely swept me off my feet. I mean, I did not feel like I was settling. I did not feel like this was someone that I wasn't attracted to or someone that I wasn't interested in. So I, I, I had those feelings. I just, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. I have my own theories now. I just think there was, I don't think I had all the information. I think that we, everything went too quickly. We were engaged in three months. Oh, wow. We were married in a year. But what I do, what I do When that happened, were you thinking, what the hell are you doing, Jessica? She was. No, and I I did ask her. Okay. I'm like, what was it about him? She's like, I I didn't want to go on the date. I was at work. I wasn't even dressed nice for a date. I went on the date anyway, and I was swept off my feet. It was crazy. I was like, okay. So I'm not going to question that. but 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 I remember throughout the relationship more towards the end, there were a couple of times where I'd gotten together with TH and she was the only person who would like, look at me and be like, are you happy? And she was really forcing me to like, look inside because I felt like I was more defending my situation. Cause I had walked down the aisle with him and I had made these commitments to him and I did not want to get divorced again. And I wasn't 
the kind of person who was going to live the rest of my life unhappy, but I really was trying to make the best of the situation. And I was trying to find ways to make it work, to fulfill the commitments that I had made. And so she definitely was like giving me that reality check a couple of times before I was finally like, I'm not happy. We are too different. And we went to marriage counseling. And I will say to his credit, he heard what I was saying in marriage counseling. He was making an effort. I could see the efforts that he was making. But my, the problem for me ended up becoming where I sat down and I thought, okay, so this is one of my complaints. And here's the effort that he's making that I see. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to be married to someone where that has to be an effort. I want to be married to someone where that's inherently who they are, what they do. Right. We're both in. Right. I understand that there are things in relationships that need to be compromises and things that you need to negotiate and things that you need to, you know, make space for each other. But for me and the kind of personality that I am, there are certain things that just have to be inherently you both do them and you both want them. I think that there were too many big differences in our personality types that while I appreciated the genuine efforts that he was making to try to make changes, it was never, those weren't changes that I was willing to accept. I, I want someone where those things aren't an effort. What was one of those um, things? One of those things, well, he's an extreme introvert and I'm an extreme extrovert. And right. that one thing led to a million different little problems being like, he didn't want to go out, you know, as much as I did. And he liked staying home and just watching TV, but it became like a little, like not that much communication when we were in the apartment together, because he had exerted all of his extrovert energy during the day at work or at client dinners. And when he came home, there really wasn't anything left for me. And I appreciated that he was making an effort to now come home and sit down with me in the living room and spend some time together talking. But I need someone who comes home and can't wait to just sit down with me and be talking, not someone who who has to consciously feel that they're making an effort to sit down with me and do a download at the end of the day. It's okay that that's his personality, but that's never going to change. And I, that's not, that's not someone that can work for me. I need someone who's excited and wants to sit down right next to me and like be with me most of the time, not needing so much space on their own that I'm feeling like I'm living a different life or that we're living separate lives. What I'm loving about this conversation and, and how it's organically unfolding is what I'm picking up from all of our what the hell am I doing moments is that we have one, learned so much about ourselves and two, what we're needing and yes. then practicing getting those needs met and not waiting for someone yes. else to know what we need and meeting those needs. So I really appreciate how that has been kind of like the the big aha of this conversation. You're both nodding your heads. Can you add a little bit more to that before I, we say goodbye I, here? I will say that that my second marriage and we are and we are close and we talk often and he's with someone else now and it sounds like they have a real future together and I'm really happy for him if he's found someone who like could be his person. But that relationship really did teach me a lot about what I need and like what my wants are versus what my needs are. 
one of the things that I was attracted to about him initially was that he was so different than my five-year relationship guy and my first husband. They actually had similar personalities and he does not. And I felt like that was so refreshing to me. The truth is I realized I really need someone who has more of a similar personality to those two guys. So I feel like it taught me so many valuable things in my life, things that I'm willing to accept and things that I really, in my heart of hearts, know that I can't accept. I overlooked things that were red flags. And I think that it taught me a lot moving forward in all of the dating that I've done now since then of like certain things I just can't, it's not okay. And I won't accept it. Boundaries, and baby. You shouldn't. How about you, TH? You've been listening to Jessica sharing about her what the hell moments and how they have completely helped her on the path towards love. How have your what the hell moments really given you more understanding of what you need and what you want now after divorce? I think that one step behind that question is if you're going to have your eyes open about it. I had tons of what the hell moments. I just wasn't looking at it and I didn't want to hear about it and I didn't want to see it and I wasn't going to even be around it. And then when my eyes were wide open, I had to take responsibility. So there are a lot of people, Jessica, and I speak with friends, not even through this podcast, who are still so angry and they've been separated years and years and years and they're they're literally wasting their lives away. It, it like you want to just grab them because- the only person they're hurting is themselves. So if you don't recognize it as a what the hell moment, then you're going to sit in that pit and keep spiraling and not move forward and not be independent like you are and not be strong like all three of us are. So the what the hell moments for sure, but having my eyes open, willing to take responsibility that I allow myself to stay in this mess. I allowed myself to deal with bad behavior and to be treated like complete crap. I let that happen. That's a humbling moment. Not a lot of people can accept that. So, and then every relationship I've been in, you know, friends and, you know, in a relationship with a man, I took each one as a lesson. So I think that they are lessons for you to learn, to look at yourself, to look at other people. And look, Jessica, honestly, like she's, I think, in the best place now. Now she's learned so much and she's taking the time to continue to learn about herself and figure her own stuff out and take her own responsibility. And then you want to be in a relationship where it's just like gravy on top. You know, it's just the cherry on top. The what the hell moments have shaped me to be who I am today and I am the best form of myself because I was willing to listen to them and learn from them. I agree. Instead of being daunted by our what the hell moments, what the hell's happening, lean into it. What's totally. the bigger what's the bigger picture? What's the lesson? Find your power, find your besties, and find that yeah. happiness. Ladies, it has been a delicious chat with you. Thank you for your transparency and sharing your stories. I want to hear more about your podcast, how the listener can find it, and also more about your services and opportunities for people who are divorced like you and, and me to connect. Ex-experts, I mean, we started ex-experts just because of this exact reason. Like we had each other during the divorces and we realized that not everybody has that when they're going through it. And so we really felt like we wanted to be able to pay it forward. So the website, which is xexperts.com, it's all spelled out, E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S.com. It's filled with 
articles, transcripts of all of our podcast episodes. You can find the podcast there. It's divided into different categories depending on what people are looking at. So legal stuff, kids stuff, financial stuff, the after part of divorce, yourself, dating, anything that's even remotely tangential to the topic of divorce, you can find on our website. We have social media. I mean, it's basically an online digital platform. Our podcast is called Divorce, Etc. We interview the experts and ask the questions that you may not know to ask. When you're dealing with getting a lawyer or if you need a custody expert or, you know, a forensic accountant or you want to start dating after divorce, all of these things, we are talking to the experts and getting the information to make it an easier and smoother transition for everyone out there. There's a lot that you don't know, unlike me, because I did get divorced twice. Many people only get divorced once. And when you're going through it for the first time, you really don't know what you don't know. Teach and I are the perfect examples that even if you have a best friend who gets divorced, your divorce is going to be totally different than theirs. I had a really amicable Friendly divorce both times. Teaches was mu- was not amicable. I was much more acrimonious and took a long time and cost a shit ton of money. So you can't just listen to your friends and be like, oh, that I'm going to use this lawyer because that's who they used, or I'm going to do it this way because that's how my best friend did it and it worked out for them. Everybody's situations are totally different. So X experts is like your girl gang community, all of the information that you need to know in written form, in podcast form, again, social media, TikTok, wherever you are and you want that information, we're there giving it to you. It's a one-stop destination for everything that you would need for divorce. Fantastic. And social media, TH, I'm assuming you're on Instagram, Facebook. What's the handle for that? Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube a little bit. It's X. X experts spelled out at E X E X P E R T S. Great. And I'll have, I'll have okay. all of that in the show notes. And what Thank else did you, you want to add though? What else did you want to add? I was just going to say, we have a newsletter where we share what I wish I knew stories, Sadie, one of which we want you to contribute to where that's really it, right? Divorce is a business and then there's your life. So we're helping you through both of them, but your life continues to go on and the divorce will end. So we've got both sides of it. We've got stories so that you know you're not alone. We've got your back. We've lived it so we get it. Fantastic. I have loved having you on the podcast today. And next time I have a what the hell am I doing moment, I'm going to think of you ladies and maybe I'll send you a little funny story about it. Do the same for me too. Wonderful. Thanks, Sadie. That conversation, it was just all the things. It was just all the things. I love how the hard stuff teaches us the best stuff. I love that. I don't necessarily love it in the moment when I'm experiencing the hard thing, but once the dust settles and the lessons remain, ah, that's where the gold is, right? So thank you again, TH and Jessica, for sharing all the lessons your what the hell moments have given you. You two are badass mothers, bold women, and you're just so very inspiring. All of this conversation about finding yourself after divorce and seeing the wins and the what the hell moments is making me feel especially happy, which of course makes it the perfect time to share a tip to happiness with you. Sadie's tips to happiness. My last tip to happiness of the season is inspired by what TH had to say about really listening to the lessons, like really holding yourself accountable to make those changes. So today's tip to happiness is this. I want you to take space this summer 
to come back to yourself. One of the themes in our conversation today was how we lost ourselves in our marriages or in careers or in dating, and we had to take the time to come back to ourselves before we could start anything new. Full transparency, life as in work and my goals, dating, parenting, illness, all the things. It's just, it sort of kicked my Norwegian backside as in my ass. It's kind of kicked my ass the last few months. And in the process, I've, I've lost part of myself. I've lost my Sadie sparkle and I'm missing that. And so I want to reconnect with that part of myself this summer. I want to have a more free-spirited Sadie summer. So I'm going to take my own advice and I'm going to enjoy one spicy summer with my fine self. And I want you to do the same. And I have a feeling, I don't know, I have a feeling though that it's going to be delicious. I really, I am so excited to do that this summer and then to come back this fall and tell you all about it. And I want you to do the same. We're going to have some good stories to swap. I have a feeling. Speaking of delicious summer fun, have I told you about Sadie's Summer Replay? Well, just like your favorite summer hits, and there are so many, I have decided to bring back some of my favorite episodes this summer. And next month, I'm going to be highlighting some of my favorite delicious divorce dads and dudes episodes. You know how I love my delicious divorce dads with my men in the mix June lineup. Yum. So get, you know, get a cool drink and find a sunny spot and soak up the replay rays with Sadie's Divorced and Happy every Wednesday all summer long. And I also, I really want you to be part of my spicy summer nights challenge. I talked about this in last week's episode. It is going to be very ooh la la. You can learn more about it, of course, on my Facebook and Instagram pages at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. And lady listener, you must really, you must join me and all of my spicy Red Room sisters in June. June 15th, we're going to have our next Red Room meeting, and it's with Sexpert Pleasure Coach Nell Walker. She's going to teach us some things so you can still join in the fun. In fact, you can join in the fun today. Go on to my website, divorcedandhappy.net, to learn more about the Red Room experience. I want to thank you. I really want to thank you for spicing things up with me this season, for getting a little out of the box and talking about some things, some topics that a lot of divorce podcasts don't talk about. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been, of course, delicious. I am still figuring out a lot of things about myself and what I really, really want for my life. But one thing, one thing I know for sure, spending time with you every week always makes me feel so very happy. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this playful life after divorce community by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to download Sadie's eight tips to happiness. And you'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you found value in today's episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, consider being an official sponsor. Just email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also treat me to a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee.com 
ko.com backslash Sadie Marie. And you can buy me a cup or two online. And I thank you in advance for your support. Again, I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next spicy episode. Until then, be sure to treat yourself to some delicious act two fun.